Listening Dog Media. The Hot Mess Mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the Hot Mess Mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our Hot Mess Mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Jenny Powell. Okay, it is the Hot Mess Mums Club podcast. I'm Kelly Pegg. And I'm Jenny Powell. And today we have the arch bitch with a winning smile, everyone's favourite gay best friend, confident, funny and suitably rude, as quoted by the Review Hub. I didn't make that up. <laughs> and it's true, it's Mr. Stephen Bailey. Yay! I'm here, I'm applauding myself. Next week, we're celebrating 100 episodes of the Hot Most Moms Club with a special look back at some of our favourite memories. We'll also have a very exciting competition thanks to our friends at Swan. Keep listening for more information. To check them out, just head to swanbrand.co.uk and use the discount code HOTMESSMUMS20 for 20% off. The Hot Mess Mums Club with Swan. Yeah, you are the ideal gay best friend. When I met you, I was like, oh, you say it how it is, but you also, you have this inner woman inside you. Does that does that sound weird? But you know, when you just you just know you know more than me about what's going on in my mind as a woman. Well, I don't know if that's true, but what I do think is going. I've always been in this precarious decision where I do have the body of a boy, but I always feel like I am one of the girls. I never know where I fit. And do you know when you find out there's like a girls' WhatsApp group and you're not invited, I really have to sit with it for a day and be like, no. You're not technically a girl, but it's still rude. Always reminds me of school. Do you remember when it was like the boys play PE and the girls play netball? It's like get me on the netball court. You're so in tune with um with the well, with all the girlies that you know. But when when did you when were you in tune with the fact you were funny? When did you know that you were funny? Because as a comedian I, and a really successful one who everybody knows, when was it? I just need to take a minute because I'm being interviewed by TV legend Jenny Powell. I can't <laughs> quite believe it. I feel like I'm on the wheel of fortune. Um, that. She did that last week. Yeah, Swan. I did. Yeah, we had an event with our sponsor, Swan, and um, it was like Facebook Lives for the day. And one of the things was like, Jenny, recreating the wheel of fortune. They made a wheel and everything, didn't they? I they were would so excited. Die. Don't um, you think they Bring it back, though, and put her on it. But, like, just her, no one else, as so she runs the whole thing. I do think we kind of need that good old nostalgia TV. And mm. it's like, but you'd want to sit, like, imagine it came back with Wheel of Fortune legend Jenny Powell. Mm. You'd lose your, like, you'd lose your mind, wouldn't you? Because it's like, <laughs> this is what I want to be. Like, a time before COVID and social media, yeah. a time when the hardest thing we had to do was spin a wheel and turn letters. I think you're bang on. I think people are really nostalgic now. And I think people are looking back at, you know, all those things that made them feel good. Yeah, and I also don't need that. celebrity contestants. I need real life, so, like, contestants. I need, like, Donna from Stockport with wearing a scrunchie and a blue eye makeup. I need someone that really needs, you know where you're like, if a soap star wins a thousand pounds for a charity, you're like, they well, don't give a shit and a thousand pounds not really enough for the charity. Whereas if, if 
bloody Marie from Margate won a grand. It changed her life for six months. Yes, we're with you. <laughs> How often did you watch The Wheel of Fortune? Because we didn't have celebrities on The Wheel of Fortune, by the way, Stephen. We no, did I'm saying, oh, no, I'm saying right. nowadays, yeah. when they bring, like, Supermarket Sweep is celebrities. Celebrities, like, yeah. Gotcha. That's what I mean is, I know you didn't then. That's what I'm saying, no. do it how they used do to do it. it. Right, I'm there, I'm there. I should have read your mind. I'm not as good as you, yeah. Mm. Oh. So, you haven't answered the question, though. When did you realise you were funny? <laughs> oh, I didn't even listen to you. I was just going off having a chat about what I wanted to talk about. I don't know. I, my, do you know what it is? It's when I was, you know, get 16, getting shit-faced on the park. <laughs> That's when I really, really, like, everyone was really laughing and engaged in my conversations. That's when I knew... I was a funny character, but I didn't even think of starting comedy till I was 23. So that's like seven years later. And that's tough. I mean, how, I don't even know where you'd start. Do you, Kelly? Where would you start? Like, think you're funny and all of a sudden... Well, it's quite a scary thing, isn't it? Because you look, you have to do sort of stand up and all sorts. And it's not as easy as people make it look. Well, I wanted to be a presenter, but then I got... And I didn't know how to do it, but I'd read that Holly Willoughby and Dermot O'Leary worked as runners in TV. So I was right. like, right, I'm a runner. So I got a job as a runner. And then I worked on, do you remember T4 on Channel 4 with like Steve Jones? Yes. Yeah. I was a runner on that. Oh, wow. And, I mean, Steve Jones is a lovely man, but he's also so incredibly attractive. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. Like so attractive. I was like, mm, if that's what you have to look like, I've got no chance. And everyone was like, you should do stand up. You should do stand up. You should do stand up. So I was like, well, for about a year, I was like, why don't you bloody do stand-up? I'm not doing stand-up. You do it. And then about a year later, I, did, I went and watched one. And I was like, I did that typical thing. Well, this isn't very funny. If that's all you have to do, I'll give it a go. And then I went about, I still didn't even do it the next week. I waited another six months and then off I went. What was it like? Because you hear a lot of comedians say that for a start, when they first started, it was horrendous and like no one laughed, no one clapped. It wasn't, it takes a long time to build your name. Did Was it like that for you or did you just go for it? Just hit the big time really quickly? Yeah. I've never been a performer. Like, I wasn't like a stage kid or one of these people that was like, I'm going to be an actor and work in Butlins. Like, I was no Shane Ritchie. I honestly thought I'd just going to get a job as a runner and then I'd be Holly Willoughby. I genuinely thought it would be that easy because that's how it looked. That's how it looked. <laughs> and when you read people's autobiographies, it's always like, oh, I met this guy at a bar and the next minute I was hosting a primetime ITV show. And I was like, <laughs> great. I just need to get to that bar. And it wasn't like that. And so I had no idea what it would be like and I never performed so I had no idea what that would be like and it was my first gig was only a room in a pub and it only had 30 people in. and I was like great this is a, so and my housemate came and she was a bit of a loosey-goosey shall we say so she had a revolving door of gentleman callers and so I used to take the mick out of her all the time in the flat so I just brought it to the stage I compared her vagina to a Sunday roast <laughs> And it went really well, but then it gave me false confidence because I was like, well, this was easy. But then when you start doing the proper comedy clubs, like this was a little room above a pub with 30 people that were just happy to be out of the house. But then when you go to places where they're ticketed and it's like you roll on stage, there's this big spotlight, there's a big stage. Well, I shat myself and I was not very funny and I couldn't even get to five minutes. Oh, no. Have there been... Whereas now you can't get me off. No, no. <laughs> 
we know that. But I mean, it, it, have there been moments when, you know, you when you look back, the sort of worst moment when you really think, thought you just died on stage and you just had egg on your face? I would say, well, so one of my earlier gigs, like in the first year, and when I was still nervous, Mimi Frank Kay, who's also a comedian, we just had a few bottles of rosé because we met before the gig. And it was a new material now, which means it's like, 50 comedians, one after the other, five minutes, dead long. You don't know when you're on till you get there. And we just polished off these bottles of wine and I was absolutely annihilated. I'd only had nachos for my dinner. And then I walked on stage, fell into the microphone. The mic stand fell into the audience. <gasps> I asked the audience to pass it me back. And that was like the first three minutes of me set. And then obviously, once you've got someone with a bloody nose, it's very hard to make them laugh because first aid's coming in. Oh, wow. When you do things, you do them 500%. That's all I can say. It's interesting how, you know, you have become, you know, you're you're an amazing personality and you you wanted to be a presenter. So, you know, you then got your presenting gigs because, I mean, you've you've done all sorts. You know, I met you when we did uh, Celebs on the Ranch. You've got Celebs on the Ranch. What an experience, Jen. Oh, my. How have you heard about this? Well, we had Tanya Bardsley on, so oh, she yeah. talked about it a little bit, like falling off the horse. Oh, and, God. And I've heard a few bits from, from Jenny. It sounded really good, but quite hardcore being so far away from everyone. And it's quite difficult, wasn't it? I think Jenny said you had to get up dead early and yeah. ride know, a horse. Ride a horse every day. Western style. Which was- there's no polite way to put this, but we're a very cheap show, so there's no life in <laughs> We film when the sun's out. So if there was an eclipse, we'd have to miss a day. Like <laughs> It was, yeah. It was, a che- yeah, it was cheap. But I tell oh. you what, we paid for it in other ways, didn't we? Oh, my. <laughs> it's such a good experience. But And I keep saying, I've got to touch wood here, all, out of all the celebrity shows I've done, which is not many, but I've, I don't feel like I've had a wrong one yet. I, th- I think it'd be great on I'm a Celebrity. What do you reckon, Jenny? Mm. I, think I think it'd be brilliant. Good on that. I think it could well, be nice. Call because God knows, I'll tell you what happens in my career. <laughs> it either goes, it's either my agent going, will you book Stephen? Who's Stephen? Oh, <laughs> it's, will you book Stephen? Mm, no, we've got Tom Allen or we've got Ryland. So I'm sat here like bloody chopped liver. And they are, and it's like, do so you get a lot of no's? And then what happens is, once you've got the yes, then they're stuck with you because they realise you're actually quite good at your job and quite nice to be around. And that's like, I did this show on ITV with Zoe Ball before she went and got a contract at the BBC. Oh, no. Well. And um, so I got I got that and I was only supposed to do one episode and then I had such good banter with um, Zoe, oh, the exec producer ran out straight away and was like, how do I not know you? When are you free? To, we've got to get you back in. I end up doing it every week for a year. You were like oh, an agony wow. aunt, weren't you? So yeah, I was like an agony aunt on it. Yeah. And I gave no proper advice. It was like this, really. I mean, you ask a question and I answer what I fancy answering. And it was like, we had Kath Tilsley on, you know, from Coronation Street. And I was, I had this whole bit I was supposed to do. I don't know about Christmas presents or whatever. And I was just trying to get out of her house. She was going to leave Corrie. And, and it's live like, as well, isn't it? Yeah. And I was like, what's Barbara Knox like? Da, da, da. And then afterwards, I'm always like, this is it. This is where I'm going to have to apologise to producer. And, like, and I went, oh, I'm sorry I didn't do the item. They're like, no, that was brilliant. And yeah. I often feel like, just give us a camera. Just, you just... know, give us 100 quid a week and I'll... 
You'll still sit. You, you know what the yeah. people want. It's it's interesting how it all works, oh. but you work your way around it. I know you get fed up with it because it's and you you call me quite a lot, and you just really peed off with it and you want to go back working in Sainsbury's but I remember when we came to see you um do your stand-up in Manchester I think it was the um, can't think straight would it have been oh yeah the Lowry yeah Yeah, the Lowry Uh, I love that title as well but when when we came to see you there it was lovely to see the fact that your mom your all your family were there and all your mates from Sainsbury's you know you, you've kept it real because you did you were stacking shelves in Sainsbury's weren't you yeah and then all your mates were turned up all came to support you and you you know you still got them as good friends so why haven't you gone all showbiz on us because you know what I'm not gonna lie that's always what I aim for. You know, when you sat on a checkout I was sat there dreaming of this big life and the razzle dazzle and then you get into it and you go there's so much bullshit there's so much ego. There's not a lot of kindness. They'll put hashtag be kind on an advert because it sells, what, you know, it'll sell whatever TV show it is. But it's not real. And it's like being in TV or comedy or whatever, including yourself, I feel like I've probably only got 10 proper friends from this business. And the rest of it is like the people from Sainsbury's. It's like you say, they are supporting you. They do want you to, to go well. You know, they were there when I came out and had my first boyfriend and all that. And getting into TV, I realised very quickly, there's a lot of lip service and no one cares if you're happy, healthy or following your dream. So I was like, well, why would I be with all these bellends when I can be with the bellends that actually love me and I love them? It's so, so refreshing true. to hear that though, isn't it? Yeah, totally. I, yeah. I know PR-wise, you know, you'd be a nightmare if I if someone was your, you know, your PR person, they'd be like, shut it, Stephen, don't say that. No, no, no. But, you know, you're real. And and those industries are really competitive. And, and you know, we hear that so much. And I, I think it's refreshing to hear somebody be honest about it. Well, mm. I always think as well... It's sad though. Yeah, and I do think, you know, there's a lot of successful people that are not very nice, but also there's a lot of successful people that they might be on TV all the time or they might be in films all the time, but they're not necessarily in the press all the time and they're Mm. successful, but they might maybe not famous or they're not like fame whores. I don't really know how to put it. Well, they um, they make a good living out of it and they're just under under the radar and they're working hard. Exactly, you go... And I always think with them, it's like, it's because they're authentic. It is either because they just mm-hmm. say it how it is. Or, you know, you've got people that come out and go, yeah, I had an affair and that was wrong. And we respect that rather than these ones that try and hide it. Mm-hmm. And it gets like dug out. So like, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. I just think there's a lot of that. I think you can tell whether it's a presenter or, you know, you can tell who's being honest and who's giving you shit. And the ones that have longevity, even if they're not the most famous, mm-hmm. and the ones that are giving you shit, do you eventually get caught out? We see it every year. There's always a scandal. Always, always a scandal. (laughs) The Hot Mess Mums Club with Swan. We'll be back with Stephen shortly, but let us quickly tell you about our next episode. Next week, we're celebrating 100 episodes of the Hot Mess Mums Club. To mark the occasion, our friends at Swan have given us a £100 voucher to spend on their website for one member of the club. Swan is an amazing British homeware company whose products are all very Instagram friendly. They do everything from coffee machines to vacuum cleaners and air fryers to fridges. Listen next week to find out how to win and make sure you're following us on Instagram at The Hot Mess Mums. The Hot Mess Mums Club with Swan. 
celebrating 90 years of magic moments. You're quite, you're, you really are a vocal supporter. I mean, you, you know, LGBT rights, you're, you're on it, uh, a lot, aren't you? You know, you're you're up for changing LGBT legislation, and you really do. I mean, I've seen on social media, you're there for everyone, aren't you? And you're flying the flag. Yeah. Well, the thing is, what I find really annoying is it's like everyone's like, let's support this, let's do this, everything's fine, everything's equal, but then don't do what they're saying. Do you know what I mean? Like, I remember once. Um, a producer saying to me, instead of doing the gay stuff, do the Northern stuff because everyone's queer now. And I was like, you shouldn't... One, you shouldn't speak to anyone like that. Like, you could say to someone, Stephen, don't go on, I don't know, don't go on Lorraine doing your dick jokes because it's 9am. That's fair <laughs> That's enough. That's all right, yeah. Say that, yeah. Actually, it would be good. She got some really good ratings, <laughs> some of the best this week. That might just make it... Could you imagine? Oh, but you can't say to someone, don't do the gay stuff, do the Northern stuff. Because every day when I wake up, I am gay and Northern. <laughs> and much to my agent's dismay, I will post about it. Mm. But so, yeah, but, but do you feel I'm that? not at fault for making people aware you shouldn't be saying this. Mm. They're at fault for saying it. Absolutely. There's, there's so much ludicrousy around it, though. I mean, I remember working on one of the weekends when it was Pride in Manchester. And I've been involved in that a few times, you know. And the very last time, I remember knowing that there was a discussion going on about whether we were allowed to say LGBT on air. Whoa. Now, isn't that ridiculous? It was someone else's conversation and someone else was saying, and I just thought, I don't understand what the world's coming to anymore. That was the first time I'd ever been around something like that. You know, and I was just overhearing somebody's conversation about this confusion to whether it was allowed to be broadcast. Wow. And do you guys, because you both, A, far more professional and B, far more (laughs) Experience than I'll ever be. No. But do you guys find, because what I find at the minute, which is a shame in our job, is there's not ever healthy conversation. Like there's no room to get it wrong. So it's like what I love about my mum and my dad is because, you know, do you remember ages ago? It was like last year or something, everyone was like, the TV show Friends is homophobic. Get it off Netflix. And it's like, Friends wasn't homophobic. 1994 was homophobic when it was awesome. made. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, no, we don't cancel Jennifer Aniston and all those. Stuff. No, we don't cancel the bloody show. We go, you can't write like that now, but we can still enjoy it. Do you know what I'd say? It'd be like, if someone thinks Ross is gay, that shouldn't be the butt of the joke anymore. But it's like, that was of the time. That wasn't, mm. no one's saying it's right now, but it, it existed. And then, it's yeah. like, you know, my mum and dad will probably get language wrong every now and again. It's like, you just talk to them. I don't shout at them and be like, how dare you? I'm starving out of the house. Da, 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 da. You go, oh, mum, you can't say that anymore. What you've got to say is... Yeah, it's, and when it's about education, but I know what you're saying, shutting everything down isn't the way to do it. I mean, Fools and Horses, I love them. We watch reruns in our house, but Chris and I will always say like, oh my God, they would never allow that now. Yeah. I mean, there's all sorts in that. Yeah. Oh my God, no, you just yeah. wouldn't watch a show with that. But I still really like watching Fools and Horses. Yeah, and so you, you know, should, because, and you know it came from a certain time, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, 
that's it. You know, it's it's really I mean, difficult. Cancel everything before two thousand and ten, for God's sake. Because oh, no. <laughs> um, we were watching Gimme 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 last night, and I think Kathy Burke is one of the most amazing She's people brilliant. in comedy. Yeah, yeah, like ever. And we were watching it. We were howling, laughing, but at the same time, we were like. And I think sometimes that's my point when I make my post is going, by the way, I'm not like some weird activist that just makes angry posts, but <laughs> I, it's, it's one of my points going, so someone like a TV channel will go, well, we can't show that ever again. Or we've got to put a trigger warning because of, you know, it's, it was made when you could say all these things or whatever, but it's like, but behind the scenes, you're still saying those things to our faces a lot. You're still going, well, we've got Tom Allen. That's what they say. If they don't book me for something, they go, well, we've got Tom Allen. And you go, okay. So what you're saying is you've got a gay person because that is the only thing me and Tom Allen have in common. Like Tom is naturally a cleaner comedian with his content. He's Southern. He's middle class. You know, he's better spoken. He's more eloquent. Um, I don't think he's got an hour's worth of material about working at a supermarket. Um, so that's the only way we have in common. So that's what you're saying is being like, mm. do you know what I mean? And so yeah. that's how I post about it because they're hypocrites. What what I do love is that uh, they're certainly not hypocrites, your parents, because I remember going, like, again, seeing um, some of your stand-up and your mum's sitting there and I was like, oh, my, I'm, I think I'm sitting nearer or next to her. I was like, oh, I can't believe he's saying, oh, my gosh. Because you, you, it's just to warn you, Kelly, I mean, yeah, he's proper. I mean, yeah, it's... Even I go, oh, when he does his, his material. So I'm worse when mom my mum had time. her in, actually. Oh, honestly, like what does your mum... Yeah, how's your mum about it as a hot mess mum? She's fine, actually. Because I always say, I get it from my mum and dad, I feel like, <laughs> you know, I always think, whenever I write material, I am thinking what would make my mum and dad laugh. Not cringe, laugh. So like, but like my mum loves it. Like when I go after my dad, because my dad is kind of like a moody bloke and he's got all these weird catchphrases, like, de- like proper Del Boy catchphrases. <laughs> and we all think it's ridiculous. So when I sit on stage, mum loves it. And, but my, I think that's where I've got my sense of humour from is my mum. I, when I think about my mum, I go... I've actually never been through anything that hard compared to what my mum's gone through. And um, she still has laughter. And I'm like, it's so impressed because she has that fit of giggles, laughter where she's crying and she doesn't know why. And she just, and in my head, she is like a Coronation Street character, really. Like she'd be a Coronation Street comedy character. Like even um, in between the lockdowns when you could visit people I went around to us and she was making a vodka and coke but because so she doesn't get too pissed in the house she uses a shot measure she, she ended up out and we're all like these vodka and cokes are a bit I can only taste coke can I taste coke well I put in a double I put in a double and then we go in and it's still in the shot glass and she'd actually just gave up on a coke and so like we're there laughing and she's um well, basically, she's got big boobs and she refuses to wear a bra. So whenever she laughs, they just bounce and clap. It's genius. She sh- she sounds a bit like, obviously not as old, but a bit like my nana. <laughs> yeah. Without, without the booze, my nana don't drink, but she's very, yeah, very similar. Always sort of laughing away and, you know, there's so many stories you could tell about them kind of thing, just because mm. of how they infect your life, really, I guess. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's where I get the 
the importance of like the people I work with at Sainsbury's over the people that I work with in TV is like because of moving into TV like my mum has met famous people she's met uh, TV icons like Jenny Powell she's met people <laughs> off Corey and in a way she don't give a shit not in a negative way she's just like it's yeah, she's very off with me to be fair no, no. <laughs> she was like Jenny Powell's very nice she said I she said I've made two lovely children <laughs> And, um, but it is like she wouldn't treat Jenny any different than she'd no. treat our next door neighbour Dory. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's. Yeah. Well, because everyone's the same at the end of the yeah. day. It's your job, isn't it? What you do. And I think old, the older generation have that feeling about life. You know, you're all the same. You all go to the toilet. You all. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah, I think totally. it's probably younger people that it are kind of. Yeah, yeah because it's built all this, this up. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot. I mean, they say, don't they? There's a lot of talk about how young people, I want to be famous. I want to be. It's kind of a, a quote, isn't it? It from the young and entitled so mm. maybe it's a generation problem is thing. nowadays they can be like you walk onto mm. a show like love island and you're famous whereas to be mm. fair to a lot of i don't know presenters comedians actors they normally have been around for 10 years like there's a skill set there but then there mm. is that wave of people where it's like i might like i just feel like i'd want to be known for me i'd want to be known for being working really hard at comedy, even when I'm off doing these celebrity shows. Mm. Like, they pay the bills. They're a bit of fun. In my head, it's like, when I worked at Sainsbury's at the end of the year, if you've done a good job, you get a little bonus. And what I feel like is these TV shows are a little bonus to earn... For the real deal, which is your... For when I did, for for doing comedy, which is why I still gig four or five nights a week. It's like, that's my skill set. So you don't want to let it drop. Do you know what I mean? Like, no. it's like you do that, and then also it means I am funnier when I'm on celebs on the farm, and something happens, and you've got to just react to it. Like, you've got that. When know. does it start? The celebs on the farm. The next one. It's January so far. That's okay. how I've been told. Right. Okay. So it's it's soon, and it's on MTV, isn't MTV it? MTV now. I'm okay. basically a star of MTV's hit Yay! show. Yay! How fantastic! And could you tell us anything about it, or are you not allowed, Mister <laughs> Bailey? I'm not allowed. You're but, not allowed. Um, We're not allowed to do anything anyway, so don't worry. <laughs> no, but also it's uh, it was really interesting because we filmed in a bubble. And it just felt so normal because we were getting COVID tested every few days. Because I can't wait for all the tweets to be like, uh, COVID. And it's like, you we were tested every day. Tested. It was like, test, result, test, result. Um, and it was nice to feel normal for two weeks. Mm. So you can't tell us anything then? No, and t- to be honest... I think I forgot. Like I've been, I've been in doing the voiceover for the first two episodes, and I was like, I don't even remember doing. I thought this was last year. <laughs> it gets like that, doesn't it? It feels a bit like that. I mean, yeah. When you see one celeb chase a pig, you've seen them all chase a pig. <laughs> I was very proud of you, Stephen, when you got your live at the Apollo, because that to me looks like the most intimidating most petrifying but most yes I've made it moment um and scenario it wasn't really it, I mean it was this brilliant experience that it was and it's the dream but it's that thing of going as a comedian and you, you're doing all these gigs and sometimes you don't get paid for them sometimes it's not an audience like you're really trying all the time like and you just never know 
what you're walking into. Because, you know, I could be in Manchester, sell out the Lowry, and then you could go to a gig in, where am I next weekend? Like I'm in, in pool next weekend. And it's like you could go there and it could be like 20 people. Like you just never, ever know. And that was like, this is what you're aim, aiming for. And it was, this, it was this amazing night and I didn't take it for granted at all. And it was my favourite probably favorite gig ever but it was really interesting the day after because i a after doing live at the apollo the very next day i had a gig in hull to 100 people mm. and i appreciate those 100 people in hull but i was like i really felt like it was a reset mm-hmm. do you know like you're gonna have to start again in a way because now you need new dreams and next and, and figure out what's next for your career and i was like oh shit, I don't know. Because that felt so far away to get that. Because never mind just being on Live at the Apollo. It's the bloody BBC. So I really thought it was going to be, I didn't think it would happen mm. then. And I'm, I'm glad it did. And um, it really, it was just after us going, shit, what you didn't, because I did it and I did it well. Now what? Mm. And I was like, now what? And also I just started thinking, well, what do you want now as well? Like, cause you do all the bits where it's like to earn the money and you do all the bits to appease everyone else. And I think that's why I've got a bit more vocal lately is going as well. I'd be like, it's my life. It's my career. Like, you know. Yeah. You, you've touched us. I was just reading about, um, I don't know who it was. It's this doctor who was saying that having a goal um, you know, and having like you did a focus and saying, right, I've got to get to that point is actually really good for you. When you, when you're goalless, it does contribute to a lot of anxiety and stress, funnily enough, as opposed to what I thought, which was, oh gosh, you could really stress out and get so anxious about this yeah. thing that you set yourself to do. But he was saying that, you know, through sort of, I mean, this was his medical research that actually it's when you haven't got one. And that's what you were just saying the minute you yeah. Is that's when you got anxious because I know you, you do suffer a lot with anxiety because I'm at the end of the phone for most of it. But yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, I, I, I've always had it, but it's that thing where, you know, like when I was a kid in the 90s, I was just a bit worried. Mm-hmm. That just kind of a bit about, worried. I've, I've had it as a kid, you know, I used to have a list, well, I still have a bit of a list, but I had a list and a stammer and had to go to speech therapy. Uh, it's still I can never say that word it seems to like trigger something I don't even like the word trigger but it does mm. so it's like speech therapy and my mum used to take me as a kid in school and it's just something I've always had and I can really spiral I have to spiral my way out of it rather than into it so I have to okay. be like right so like my agent must love me at times because I'm like, uh, what's next? What am I doing? Da, da, da. Like if it's like a work worry or like, like you say, I've just bought a house and um, even like the gas bills started to stress me out because I was like, why does no one answer their phone? Why am I still getting dear occupier letters? Why is someone threatening to send a bailiff? Oh. Right? I've lived here a week. Um, <laughs> I'm like that about everything, but I just get my husband to do the lot. I won't even check the online banking because it stresses me out. Right, yeah. But he's like, can't oh, you do no. it? And I'm like, no, nope, you need to do, do it. Online banking yeah. every Monday. I can't every do it. Monday. I can't see the figures. I worry. I get really stressed. I get that. And, and yeah, and it absolutely all of it. So he, bless him, takes it all on. They are all delegation. Yeah, his yeah. jobs. And and to be fair, I'm to not him, he never with the figures because mm. I feel like if I know, I know where I stand, and I know what I've got to do. 
You need that, don't you? You're one of those. Yeah. You need to know. Don't See, you? I don't, my head's in the clouds sometimes. I don't <laughs> want to know. That's the worst thing about me. Ignorance is gross, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. is. And, so, and so you have to know. And then you're like, no. But yeah, I just. But I must say, because like I'm here trying to figure out my next steps in the world. What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? What channels for you? I mean, I've been booked for a Radio 4 show. I nearly fell off my bloody seat. That's amazing. I, I don't sound Radio 4 at all because they're a lot quieter. Mm, yeah. yeah, but they, they yeah. want to change it up a bit, obviously. Yeah. But Jen, I must ask, because you turn a lot down now, and I know it's because you've got 76 houses. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking, I just like to wind her up. So um, She's good with money, though, aren't you? You're smart and not flashy. I love that flash- about you. Yeah, no. I'm not flash- I have to say, I did change my top because I had a, a jumper on with holes in it that have about mm. seven. 10 years I was about to put it on I thought oh Jane but you're wise aren't you you are wise Um, I think it's to do with divorce actually because (laughs) you do probably I was a bit like you Kelly with like you know you let Chris do all the online banking and if he died I'd be fucked well when you get divorced it's similar (laughs) you're fucked and you're like oh fuck oh shit where do I start I couldn't I didn't even know how to set up the wi-fi so I think I've got more sensible and more Martin says I'm thrifty I'm just careful that's good Um, but also it's the nature of your job because since 16 I've worked in this industry and you're freelance so you never know you know you're living the dream one minute and getting a wage in and the next minute you've got nothing you know, yeah, I've worked did someone warn not- you about that or was it just something you had to figure out in the biz? No, I'd sod all help me. I just worked it out. Um, and I just thought, you always just think this is your last job. So just think, if this was your last job in this industry, how long would you last for? What would you rely on? So that's that's been what I've done. And I think then when you have kids as well, um, you know, then, then you start thinking about being responsible for them, keeping a roof over the head and all the rest of it. And then when you get divorced, you're like, oh shit. And that's why I've been a prostitute for the last four weeks. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right. We need to we need to end it a different way. We can't end it we on do. <laughs> No, we do. But you and lovely Rich, two years, you had your you've got your stand up. Is it gonna be I love the name of this, can't be bothered. <laughs> so that was my tour before we went that into lockdown. We went into, yeah, that's what I was going to come and see next. Yeah, so we kept pushing it back and moving it and blah, blah, blah. And now yeah. I've got to the point where I'm like, well, none of that material is in my life. I can't be... And I was like, have I put this out to the universe? <laughs> yeah. I, do you know, I said to my tour promoter, he was like, you need to pick a title. And I was like... I went, Ed, I can't even be bothered going on tour. And then I was like, wait a minute, my last show was called Can't, be, uh, can't Think Straight. Could it be called Can't Be Bothered? <laughs> and so like the first few dates I did that, that I managed to get in before lockdown, I was going out going, it's called Can't Be Bothered, because to be honest, I can't be bothered travelling all over the country this year. Da, 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 da. If I could do anything to get out of a tour, I would, because I can't be bothered. That was the whole point of the show. Okay, perfect. And the world bloody stopped. It did. And we're going to have to stop because our producer's like, you need to wrap this up now. Yeah. So we're going to have to um, stop. Oh, it's been lovely. lovely. Yeah, really lovely. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. I love being a hot mum. You're a hot, you know, you're a hot mess (laughs) mum's son. Son, yeah. You're a hot mess mum's son. 
so many serious questions I wanted to ask him, but he's so funny. Kind of everything's humour. I've missed well, it I all. Think, I think we should, you should come back on and maybe yeah. put your mum on or something. Oh, I'm yeah, I'll come on. and do it with my mum on some backup. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Let's do that. Um, and that. thank you, Stephen. We're always watching out for you. We know you've got your um, celebs on the farm. You will be bothered. That's the next tour for you. <laughs> I am bothered. I am asked. Um, I think we call meantime, it Stephen Bailey Chips and Gravy. <laughs> Perfect. And in the meantime, I'll get you around for a roast dinner, but not oh, the one you were talking me. about before. Yeah, no. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks, thanks Stephen. Stephen. I'll speak to you later. Bye, yes, lovely. Bye, Take babe. care. Bye, Bye Stephen. Bye. The Hot Mess Mums Club with Swan. Designed for life. Oh, thanks to Stephen. And also thanks to Swan for sponsoring this episode. If you fancy giving your home a bit of a refresh at the start of the year, then make sure you go and check out their Swan Retro range. Just visit swanbrand.co.uk today.